Okay, guys, welcome to the Burnham Brothers Jiu-Jitsu podcast, uh, episode three, which was, cheers, Jeff Glover, um, the legend that is. Uh, apologies, we had issues getting this podcast done with um, some issues with Jeff's uh, phone and internet connection and then with our issues we've had here as well. So probably not our best professional uh, set up, but still a great podcast. This is probably one of my favourite podcasts we've done so far. Jeff's a great guy, so um, we'll get this intro done, and away you go with the podcast. So, um, as I said before, our guest today is Jeff Glover, uh, 2007 IBJJF No Gear World Champ, uh, second place 2014 EBI Invitational, third place 2011 ADC World Championships, 2012 World Jiu Jitsu Superfight winner. 2005 and six brown belt pan Pacific champion. Uh, Jeff is a legend of jiu-jitsu. Um, super cool guy. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Cartel brand, Los Angeles and Australia, and Rascal. Um, yeah, so without further ado, let's take you to the podcast that we've recorded, pre-recorded, and I hope you enjoyed. Let us know. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Your style. You describe your style as being like a monkey. Uh, and how did that, like, who influenced that with you? How did you, how did you come up with that style? Yeah, my style, my style came because most people who have, like, style copied a few people and, and, and put it together into their own thing, you know. Yeah. And I'm absolutely no, no exception. I had, um, I had the influence of, of Frangia, first of all, who was very encouraging even though he was tough, like he would smack us around and, and, and the years that he was training me really hard, um, he was pretty tough with us. But, um, you know, besides that, he was pretty encouraging about you developing like your own kind of game and not like, you know, if you, if you were like, like showing him some move, like, hey, what about this move that I kind of like to do? He wouldn't be like, no, that's not what I do. You only do the shit I teach you. You know, he'd be like, okay, no, nah, you seem to like that one. Okay, let's work on that. Let me try. Okay, like this. No, nah, I think maybe did a little more like this will work. So Frangia, you know, Frangia always encouraged me to kind of do my own thing. And he would always tell me like, okay, Jeff, there's like three dudes you need to copy. Like Leo Vieira. You know what I'm saying? Leo Vieira was the big one. He was like, copy that dude. Just watch him. And, and I managed to get my hands on some Leo Vieira footage from Mark Lehman. You guys ever heard of Mark Lehman? Yes. Yeah, Mark Lehman. I worked with Mark Lehman, man, for a long time. I did like um, a year and a half, two years there in uh, in Vegas, and he would he would put me in different places. Like he would let me. Live. He had this one place we called the Trap House, and I lived there for like I don't know. I lived there for a long time, and and like different um, different fighters would come in and and like train with Mark, and that house had a few rooms. So I always had my room, and different people would be living in there. Like 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 Mayhem Miller lived in there with me for three months and that was three of the craziest months I've ever had in my life <laughs> like like I call people sun sun now like I can't like like it's part of my it's part of my my vocabulary is when I when I get really com comfortable with people and I become friends I start calling them sun sun and I got that from Mayhem Miller because he would go around calling everybody sun sun okay you know, like <laughs> so 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 with layman um you know I was there for like you know I was there for like two almost two years you know, and um, man, he like Mark Lehman was was putting out DVDs and or not DVDs, there were tapes you could put in like VHS tapes, you know, and like I would rewind it, and then there was like all these big dudes doing these these big moves I didn't think I could do, and then it'd be like, oh, a Leo Vieira clip, and be like, oh, let me rewind that, and Leo Vieira would like get under the guy's lapels and like front roll, and then like he would land on his feet, and the guys would like. <laughs> jump over the land and his hooks would go in and then go right to a bone arrow choke. I was like, oh, what's this? Or he would like give the guy the single leg and the guy would take the single leg and then he would freaking flip and kick the dude over and then land in me belly. You yeah. know, I was like, oh, I see why Frangia told me to do that because <laughs> that guy's little and it looks cool, man. Frangia, not only Frangia, like he likes cool looking jujitsu, you know? Um, and he'll always, he'll always like give credit to somebody with, with, with beautiful jujitsu. You know, I've heard that guy say that a million times. Beautiful jujitsu. Frangi always told me, beautiful jujitsu, Jeffy. Perfect jujitsu looks beautiful. Yep. When you do it right, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't look choppy. It, 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 it's like you're kicking this guy's ass and it's a thing of beauty, man. It's like, how can violence be so beautiful? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, that's kind of what Frangi encouraged. So it was like Leo Vieira, 
you know, and then, and then you leave Leo Vera and then you find out about, all right, well then there's this whole team that that guy's from and it's called Alliance and Alliance has this dude named Ted today. And then you find out about Ted today and you get to see the Ted today clips here and there and a little bit here and a little bit there. And it didn't take too many clips of Ted today to realize you see that you see a five second clip of that dude in a jujitsu match and you're like, Whoa, that was greatness. Yep. Mm. Even an untrained eye dog, even somebody new to jujitsu sees that dude and sees like, you know, somebody else and like, okay, well that guy's clearly better. Yeah, you know, and uh, he just had something, man. He just had this like mm, this enjoyment that he enjoyed it in a way that everybody else didn't. Yep. Everyone else was out there fighting and like worried, and he was out there like enjoying that shit. And I just wanted to be like that so bad. And then, um, you know, another person that was really influential was uh, was my my jujitsu big brother was Tyrone Glover. Yep. Because Tyrone was a submission specialist, and so, and Tyrone was one of the first guys to kind of like you know, start looking down towards leg locks and becoming pretty efficient and dangerous with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really good at that at first. I was a very like upper body type submission hunter, you know, like, like neck and arms, neck and arms, triangles, rear naked choke, triangle, guillotine, rear naked choke, triangle, guillotine, arm bar. And I was like, leg lock, eh. and Tyrone started opening up that door for me. I started to see, you know, like monkey see, monkey do, you know, I started seeing big brother do it. And I was like, all right, all right, and go for it, mess it up 50 times, sucked at it for so long, would get it reversed on me and end up screaming and tapping out because I got foot locked because I started the foot, I wanted to get crazy with some motherfucker and start a foot lock <laughs> fight. You know what I'm saying? And then he reversed that shit on me and cracked my foot. And I was like, oh man, but I, I had to go through like so many days like that. Those learning, those, those days of frustration and learning to become, you know, as efficient at the leg locks as I am. And I see a lot of people, you hear about a lot of people. I can tell a lot of people have not had that part of their jujitsu uh, journey happen yet. Yep. That, that like, that like, you know, that look downward towards the legs and uh, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's kind of something you want to do early, man. You want to get those, those leg lock injuries are going to happen. You want to have them like kind of early. Um, you know, you don't want to be like too old and have a, a freaking and, and a freaking toehold get shattered. Yep. You know, have somebody shatter your knee with a heel hook. Like it starts to become something like, all right, the older you get, the less you really want to mess with the leg locks, man, because the leg, you know, like, like like the 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 leg locks crack a lot easier than like a Kimura Americana or an armbar. Yeah. yeah. Albeit they're definitely more dangerous. And and I'm talking about my students that are like, you know, the dude's a lawyer, the dude freaking works at the college over here. He's a janitor. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to get his freaking legs shattered. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't really like, you know what I'm saying? That's why it's like, that's why people will like, like gyms won't want their students doing leg locks, man. It's because the older dudes that are paying the bills break their leg, then they can't come pay the bill. You know, so it's, it's this balancing act. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Tyrone, Tyrone, because he taught me how to do leg locks. Leo Vieira, you know, because he taught me like the technicality of jujitsu and how beautiful that can be. And then Ted Day, who taught me how to like make it look like you really enjoy being there more than anybody, and you have no fear, dude, and you want to like you just can't wait to choke people. Uh huh. You know, that's that's definitely uh a big that that's that's a lot of who I am right there. Yeah. That's yeah. A question. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Um, what about um, your uh, world famous donkey guard? How did that come about? What, what just um, well, come about, I suppose? Yeah, where, how'd you come up with that? Um, well, the actual move itself is kind of a combination of a few things, you know. Um, you know, like the flying leg scissors. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you see people jump into like the 411. They throw an Uchimata and then front row from the Uchimata into the uh, 411 position. Yep. It's it's similar to that. There's a little taste of that. There's a little sprinkle of that. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> There's a little sprinkle of um of like inverted guard. You know, just the concept of inverted guard. I remember as a purple belt how significant and cool that was. Uh-huh. I was like, what, yeah. dude, you go upside down? It's like, I thought if you go upside down, you get smashed. And then you see somebody who's like, nah, dog, you throw your leg up, and then you pull them into a triangle, and it's fucking dope. And I'm like, what? Jiu-Jitsu yeah. is so much cooler right now. You can go upside down, and it's kind of a little bit of that, like that initial, like, well, things that are backwards and upside down aren't always bad. You know what I'm saying? Because when I first started Jiu-Jitsu, it was like square. Everything, you know, be on top. Everything's got to be square in front of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't let people get behind you. 
learn the, you know, don't extend your arms, all these basic rules you're not supposed to break. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so a little bit of that. Um, and just, you know, just, just a little bit of my own kind of trying to mess around and experiment in a way that isn't going to hurt people. Yeah. Donkey cards actually kind of safe the way I do it compared to a lot of, uh, flying, flying, uh, leg attacks that I see. Oh, for sure. And it's always entertaining to see it. I just wonder where you, yeah, why we you bored one day needed a challenge to basically try and <laughs> offer your back up to. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I do have to give a little bit of credit to Bill Cooper too, because Bill Cooper and I would do that in training all the time. Yep. And uh, I, I, I might've actually gotten that from Bill Cooper and just forgot about it. I've done so much damn jujitsu with that kid. You know, I don't even, you know, I don't even remember. We've been doing jujitsu for, you know, freaking 20 years with each other now. So yeah, that, that, that might be something I've gotten from him to be honest with you. Cause I have taken a lot of the stuff that I like a lot of the little tricks that I've learned and, and things I learned, I, I learned with or from Bill. Yep. You know, which is cool. I yeah, think, I think um, going back to what you're saying about inverting and stuff like that, for me, I would always see inverting, like obviously like my generation, it's such a common thing to do, but I yeah. didn't know how to do it myself. And same thing, like around purple belt, I started to learn it. Um, I learned it when um, Talison Suarez, he came to Australia and I did a seminar with him and just kind of learning the basic concepts. I was like, wow, like you can actually like go upside down and it works. Like it's pretty, I feel like I got obsessed with it for a time and then I just want to do it all the time because it's something so different. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of people go through that same thing. I think that's why that's that, that rang your bell, you know, you're like, Ooh, I went through that. I said yeah. that cause I know you, I know you did. Yeah. I know you did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's dude. It's such a tasty morsel, man. It's like, what? You can just let people pass your guard and just throw your legs up. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you know, if you're into jujitsu and you don't find that cool, that's cra you're crazy. That's why I knew, I knew you would like that. And it's like, I, I, um, you know, I definitely like have hurt my neck doing that before. Yeah. I've definitely like failed and lost matches, trusting that a little too much and actually getting my guard passed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've done that and like got myself leg locked. It's not like this end all be all guard. Of course, none of them are. Yeah. I was actually just listening to Eddie Bravo say that he was making a good point to people who are player hating on, on rubber guard because like rubber guards not for everybody that's true man but for the people that it's for man it works pretty freaking good for them yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah not every guard is for everybody dude you know and um and uh he's got a point you know he's got a really good point about that like i can't i've never been good at like rubber guard or like lockdown guard personally but I'm super good at inverted guard, man. Once I picked that up pretty quick. I learned it one summer as a purple belt, and then the next summer as a brown belt, I was so sharp with that. Yeah. It, it had become a new addition to my like regular half guard, deep half guard, butterfly guard, closed guard attack, yeah. which yeah. was so hot, which was so good already. And then yeah. I added inverted, and it was like boom, shit. And then the next element was to add the wrestling dog. Once I added the wrestling next, that's when I became black belt. Once I added going, going on to single legs and not being afraid of getting into front headlocks, you know, and, and not just falling back every time to my guard and hoping he's going to fall into a triangle. Yeah. Once I started mastering that, that combination right there, yeah. that's when I became pretty freaking hard to beat, dude. Yeah. And that's so true. Like from um, watching someone like yourself, who's got that all round game, you see some guys focus so much on one one part like they, they pull guard and that's that that's what they do they pull guard there is no wrestling you just think man you're letting yourself to me it looks like they're letting themselves down by not having that rounded game yeah and there's value those guys have have value too we all have our own little thing you know i would absolutely like to be known as somebody that was good at a little a little bit of everything yeah you know and i definitely have my like you know my specialities like my the thing the, the few things i'm known for but I think you could say I'm pretty good and all around good grappler, but, but, but the point I want to make is like the guys who specialize, like, like the Imanaris, like God bless Imanari, man. Thank God. Thank God. There's that dude over there in Japan that just focuses <laughs> on cracking dudes legs. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. he's known for that. People are like, Oh, if Imanari doesn't arm bar, they're like, what? It's like, we're all expecting him to always do a leg lock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's such a cool, like element to our game, to our, to our jujitsu world, you know, the dudes like that. So it's, 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 it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, 
Yeah. Everybody has their value. You know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful community, man. When you fought in Minari, was that probably your best uh, um, donkey guard setup that you did in, in, a, in a fight? Because that was pretty smooth. Um, you know, uh, which match are you talking about? When I fought in Minari, that was, uh, you saw that match? Yeah, I watched, I'm pretty sure that was one I watched the other day where he, uh, he came at you in your donkey yard and rolled straight into like, look like a single X. Are you, do you mean Barrett Yoshida? Oh, sorry. Yes, it was Barrett Yoshida. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Because cause the, the reason I say that is very few people have seen that Imanari match. And, and, and actually, I wasn't proud of that match. I, I, looking back on it, it's one of the biggest regrets in my, in my career. The, my oh, really? Performance that, yeah, the match was a draw. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I was in, it was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I feel sick just talking about it, but I was invited <laughs> to Japan. These guys invited me to Japan. You know what I'm saying? They flew me out, put me in a nice hotel. They, they wanted me to come and try to tap their champion out. Yep. But I was so freaking nervous. You know what I'm saying? I was so scared of like, I saw his highlight reel and I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to rip <laughs> my fucking leg off. I was like, I was like, I was like 19 or 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? I was like a brown belt still. Yep. You know, this dude was like a black belt. I had all these like mental like barriers that, that like ultimately caused me to go out and have, I think, a pretty weak performance, man, where I was just trying to like, you know, I learned and I learned later that the, the lesson is like, you have to beat the champ. He was the champ, dog. I came to his home. They brought me into his home yep. and I came and just defended everything he did and did like an attack here, one little sweep, you know. But it wasn't much. It was just it was a submission only match, and they were gonna have their little referee like decide who won. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I did like a little sweep, and as soon as I swept him, I like was afraid to hold him down because I thought he was gonna leg lock me. So I like let him back up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was afraid to get into a scramble. Yeah. yeah. I've never really like it, like hardly ever in my career was I afraid to get into scrambles with anybody. Like I would always encourage the scramble, and it was uh, it was one of the few times I can honestly say I was afraid to scramble with somebody. And I think I put on a weak performance and these people were all like excited to see me, you know, and, and, and like I came out and fought like that. That's a pretty big deal though. Like understandably you were nervous, like you're Brown. He's a legend. Um, yeah, I was, it was a, it was a beta male performance. It was a beta male performance on my part. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not proud of it. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure I want to rematch with that dude. Let's just keep it at a draw. We're cool <laughs> with that. I'm happy about the, the, the <laughs> happy about well. not losing. <laughs> and I'm happy about not getting my leg broken. Iminari, we're cool, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. Um, going back to like uh, you competing, you were quite uh, an entertaining competitor. Would you, or in like more entertaining than what most people are, would you consider yourself like like an original kind of jiu-jitsu entertainer? Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm known for that, you know? I think it's safe to say that. Um, it's obviously, I want to give credit to, like, you know, the, the people that I was trying to emulate. I think I was like, you know, America wasn't used to seeing somebody, like, like I moved like a, like a Brazilian, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I moved like Ted Day, you know? People weren't used to seeing that, like, most wrestling, most kids in America were like little wrestling kids. Yeah, and I had absolutely zero wrestling. I was 100% Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, dude, and I was like better than the Brazilians. Like I was doing it like like at a level that was like really weird and just kind of like 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 awkwardly better than everybody in a weird way too. Like doing moves that were just outrageous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like people had seen that unless it was like some dope ass Brazilian. Mm-hmm. And and it was there was definitely other examples like there was Lovato was doing amazing jujitsu you know what I'm saying Mike Fowler was doing some of the most beautiful jujitsu I've ever seen there was there was a handful of us uh-huh. you know and it was it was it was cool because there were there was only you know it was it was a Brazilian dominated sport mm-hmm. you know but um but yeah it was I was I'm happy that my my little legacy will go down as somebody who was like entertaining you know yeah. I'm happy to I'm happy to make jujitsu look fun and some kid wants to start jujitsu and he, you know, he looks up highlights, comes across mine. And then the next day he's in the gym all stoked trying to copy my moves and telling his friends <laughs> about me. And I'm saying like, like, I'm very happy about that. I get a lot of joy when I think about that. So. Oh, I, for sure. I think definitely um, like even before I knew you, I remember seeing your highlights. I was even telling dad um, back when I was probably 12, 13, um, some of the guys at my gym, they saw your, um, your armbar where you jumped up, 
on a big, you're in an open class division. You jumped up on the guy, came around to his back, then now I'm Listen, listen, dude. First of all, stop talking about it like it was that long ago. Me <laughs> <laughs> like though, it was at the start of my jiu-jitsu journey. Um, <laughs> back in uh, you know the nineties, <laughs> like beepers. Back in old days, Dad. I got a beat from one of my friends. It was like, "Yo, Jeff Glover, YouTuber." <laughs> so, yeah, it was on. Yeah, yeah. Watch, um, watch on VCR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That armbar, that the, the story behind that that jumping armbar, it was it was heat on Gracie actually. Uh-huh. And and what happened is they were hosting a tournament. And they had had a match um, with the pretty serious injury. Somebody had been slammed and dropped on their head and gone into like a, uh, uh, what do you call it, seizure. Yep. They were convulsing and freaking foaming at the mouth. It was bad, dude. It was bad. And this was like a kid's tournament. It was like kids. Like, uh-huh. oh, that's, dude, it was bad. Yeah. And uh, took took a while for the ambulance to get there, blah, blah, blah whatever we were trying to like okay hey everybody look over here we're gonna have another we're gonna have another little thing going on and 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 he don't grace he comes over to me and asked me if i knew how to do that move. yeah and i said yeah i know how to do that he's like the one where you step on the leg and jump over that like, yeah it's good we didn't even talk we didn't even do it like um rehearse it once that was like a first try that was a first try but my coach had showed me this friend you had shown me all these cool moves you know i was prepared dude yeah you know so so we did it and it, and it was it was not as like there wasn't as many people watching so many people were still like tripping out on the dude like almost dying over in the other side of the room yeah uh, that's yeah that's the story behind that and i always tell people it was real when people are like dude was that real i'm like you better believe that's real homeboy (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'll be jumping on people man don't forget this seminar is two hundred dollars a person player Um, but no, nah, yeah, my not my point wasn't that um you're really old. More so, <laughs> more so <laughs> back to the point, yeah. I'm sure um many people watched your highlights and were um drilling it because you were such an exciting competitor. And I'm sure a lot of people wanted to replicate that. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Yeah, even myself, I was watching. Yeah, no. I was watching oh, some of your matches uh the other day, and I can't remember who it was against, but it was he was up. And I think it was like a uh, some type of super fight. There was a big crowd. The chants were going on, and um, you won within the last minute. You got um, was, it, was it the Wilson when I fought Wilson Hayes? I mean, uh, yeah, Wilson Hayes. You ended up getting a sweep straight to mount. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, oh, the one with Kyle Tiro. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so, like, with the crowd and everything, it was awesome to watch. It was exciting. It was... Dude, you know what's crazy about that, Bo? You know what's crazy about what he's talking about? What? That, that, that match. That's, like, the, that's the biggest match I've ever won, hands down. Kyle Terra is definitely, like, the best, like, on-paper jiu-jitsu guy that I've ever, you know, beaten. Yeah. You know? And, and, and the way that I beat Kyle, the move that I used to get the final little blow on him that got me onto the boom, the little that took me to, yep. you know, to the back, was, was a move that I learned from Seth. Seth Woodle, and Seth Woodle is a is a three hundred and what twenty five pound, wow, giant giant dude that used to like I hated Seth man I hated Seth <laughs> in, in the gym I hated Seth in the gym I did because every time he'd see me he would just be like come kick my ass and it was horrible it was always a horrible experience but but it was you know looking back on it he was trying to toughen me up man I was a little weak ass kid you know what I'm saying and he he was one of the first guys who told me that like lover you don't you're not fast enough for a little dude. He was like, you try to be all like this and that. You should be like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and at first I was like, man, eh, fuck this guy telling me what's that. And then, and then I actually watched some of the wrestlers. He was like, watch, watch wrestlers at your size. Watch, watch, a, watch a collegiate wrestler at your size and watch how those dudes move. That's what you need to look like. Yeah. Because I, I had never seen that. I was always watching like judo dudes. Yeah. You know, Seth was such a big dude. And then anyway, his big ass showed me how to do this gi move that he learned from John Jock Machado because John Jock Machado only had, uh, you know, the one hand. Yes. So John Jock Mercado would do this thing where he would encourage people to grab his pants on the side where he had his hand grip. And then when people would grab the pants, he would grab their sleeve. You would grab their pants and then he would grab the sleeve on that hand. And then you would come around, try to pass his guard, and then he would let go of his sleeve and hit an arm drag. Boom, take it back. And that's what I did to Kyle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I learned that from Seth. 
And I have always, you know, remember I was telling you earlier, friend, it was like, yo, study the little guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yo, study the little fast dudes. You know what I'm saying? But this move right here that I used to beat the little fast dude, the best little fast dude of all time. <laughs> yeah. I learned a 300 pound dude who happens to be the sheriff in town right now. Oh, really? Right? Who, who called me the other day to tell me that I need to do social distancing or my, or my, uh, my tournament's going to get shut down. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you believe that, man? No, that's, uh, that's a story. That's funny as one thing. One thing Jeff doesn't do though is he doesn't bow down to sponsors. You know, we don't we don't bow down to sponsors here. Okay, we're not. We're not. About <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. Okay? That's fair enough. You guys, you know, no big deal. We're not. We're not about that. Move your hand. You can't see the label, Jeff. Okay, we're not about that here. All right, nothing to see here, guys. <laughs> nothing to see. <laughs> I just want to remind you guys, Jocko Go is now available in three flavors: Arctic Blue, Raspberry Red, and 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 uh, Sea Breeze uh, Purple flavor. Um, be sure, you know, be sure to pick them up at at your local um, whatever store, supplement store. Sorry, go ahead. Sure. What were you guys saying? Let, let, just let Jocko know we're looking for a sponsorship partner for our podcast, so we're happy to. Uh... Get them on. Oh yeah. <laughs> do, do you have any other sponsors you want to just keep going? We got like five minutes. I want to thank Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo Switch for sponsoring me. All these video games that keep my mind off coronavirus. <laughs> it could work. That's so, about it, though. Um, over the years, I suppose yeah, a lot of people used to give you a bit of flack for your sort of, not your style, but your, probably your personality. Like it looked like you were messing around sometimes in fights and stuff. And did you used to cop a bit of flack for that? For not, yeah. not being a hundred percent serious all the time. <laughs> yeah. That was later in my career. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, I think my style kind of had like a personality at some point I was doing so much jujitsu. I didn't tournaments for so long. That it was like, yeah, you know, you, you kind of grow as a person and I guess your style can grow too. And like the things that you think are cool, like, um, you know, like, like for me, like winning with the same thing over and over again, isn't like, it isn't like in the jujitsu spirit for me. Yep. You don't understand? Like I was always trying to like do like what's next. What, how do I keep adding on to my game rather than like winning, winning with things that I was already really good at. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that kind of that kind of spirit, I, I took that energy and, and, and took it pretty far. And I think I took it to a level that that might have like offended like old school traditionalist type type martial artsy jujitsu guys that like, you know, want me to like respect, you know, like Elio Gracie and my master and, and all that stuff. And I'm down with that. Don't get me wrong. God yep. bless Elio. Rest in peace, the grandmaster. You know what I'm saying? I'm yep. just saying like I can see how how like you know, the donkey guard and me doing, me doing the tournament where we were smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? I can see how some of the people who like look at the martial arts as this, like, you know, this like respect thing, like, yep. you know, be a better person. I can see how they, they would definitely be offended. Yeah. But once by, by the time, how you guys doing? By the time Jeff started playing around like that, I think he'd, he'd already been fighting like 10 years. Yep. He started, uh-huh. what well, how old were you when you started competing? like 17 so he's 17 10 years of competition like dead serious competition i just think what happened in his mind is he was just like i'm gonna have fun with this yeah you know he just changed gears in his head as he as he progressed to kind of retire made it fun how to talk with everybody instead of like because you can only be a killer for so long you only have so many matches in you yeah sure yeah he just started to enjoy himself finally yeah Yeah, because i had some pretty intense matches in the like you know, in the early, like, black and, like, late brown belt years. Yep, and, yep. and a lot of, like, like a lot of those uh, nogi matches I was doing at the time, you know, were some pretty hard battles, man. And, and uh, you know, I definitely I definitely have, like, you know, some, some injuries that, that I've been dealing with yep. that are a big part of, like, how I – why I behave the way I do. Yeah. So, it's a lot of stuff. A oh, lot of sure. stuff. But one thing I noticed with you, uh, even though – in those later years, yeah, yeah, had a bit of fun and stuff. But you always had respect for your opponents and for even like when you just explained it, then you still had respect for and you could understand the old school guys the way they thought and stuff like that. That's a great level of respect. How do you feel like 
jiu-jitsu is these days with the likes of Gordon Ryan and that who just pay out on anyone. They don't care. They don't seem to have that respect. Is that is is it heading in a good space or not so much? Mm, that's a tough question. Um, I'm glad to hear that you think I'm respectful. A lot of people think I'm disrespectful. And I've definitely, you know, talked a lot of shit to a lot of people online and gotten into fights where we start insulting and, and being mean to each other and, and just yeah. trying to dig the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, like I'm, I'm always on that, like, dude, if you talk shit to me, I'll talk shit to you. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm, like, some, some like, leader that I shouldn't, like, say things like that. I will always, like, I will always throw jabs back at people. You know what I'm saying? I'll always say something back. Yeah. Um, and, and some people are like, oh, you know, you're a, you're a role model, man. You shouldn't say shit like that. But I'm like, dude, I'm a human being, though, too, man. Like, you offend me. Like, I, I can't help it. I have, I, have, I have feelings and emotions, too, you know? Yeah, for sure. So... You know, so like, and, and I'll, I'll always apologize, you know, whenever somebody's like super offended and it's to a point where like, you know, they want to like fight or something like that. I'll always say sorry, but, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, the new generation, they kind of don't care about that. They don't, they don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. Like I'll get in a fight with somebody online and feel bad about it later. I think yep. the new, the, the new generation, they don't, they don't feel bad, man. They, yeah, they don't seem to care. <laughs> <laughs> like the next day it's like, let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't know, you know, the, 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 the teacher I had for NGA was a very like respectful dude and, and had a lot of respect. And, um, you know, he just, he was hugging all his old homies. It was just a lot of love and a lot of respect. Yeah. And I think I, 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 he passed that down to me. Yep. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It just depends how people treat me too, man. Like my friends, the pe the people that I'm friends with that I've I, like, I like people like Rafael Lovato comes to mind. Like the amount of respect I have for that dude, you'll never hear a bad word come out of my mouth about that dude. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the kind of dude that everyone should try to be like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. proud to say I'm like friends with that dude. I'm a pretty good friend with him. And I've been on a lot of road trips with that dude and been to a lot of like, international tournaments with that dude and you know been like matt side with him for like super fights like several times and yep, yep. you know like he's the he's the kind of guy i think we should all try to be like i'm definitely a little mouthy and edgy <laughs> um but but because of frangia's influence there's always this part of me that wants to apologize and try to like be non-confrontational yeah yep. yeah um <clears throat> continuing on from that with like the way Jiu-Jitsu is heading, the direction it's heading in. Is there anything that you would like change about Jiu-Jitsu like right now? Like, is there anything that you don't like about Jiu-Jitsu or the way it's heading? Like, any thoughts on like something you would change about it? I just wish it'll come back, man. You know, I wish it could come back and we can all do Jiu-Jitsu and start arguing about who sucks at heel hooks and who sucks at the gi. Yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> everyone's everyone's fighting about coronavirus right now and i'm and I'm pretty sick of it you know yeah. i wish we could just get back to our jiu-jitsu um yeah, uh, i don't want to change anything about jiu-jitsu it's a beautiful community man we have some interesting characters we have some jerks we have some 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 uplifting people we have some some of the most talented people that have ever walked this planet if it's a planet i'm a flat earther i don't know if i believe that but some of the most talented <laughs> people that have ever existed or are alive today in, in our jiu-jitsu community man yeah. And, um, and it's cool because you can have access to them. You can go on their Instagram page and like say something, they'll like respond to you, you yeah. know? Um, so I don't know, man, if I, if I would change anything, I, I guess it would be just, I don't know, nothing really significant comes to mind. It is yeah. true. Like, uh, the jujitsu community that we've found, like they're fantastic with like, this podcast stuff's only new for us. You're our, our third one, but we haven't had anyone say no not doing that and these guys like yourself you're legends of the sport we hadn't met you yeah we were lucky because said knows you um but we've uh, done one with robert drysdale and clark racy as well and they've everyone's just given up their time and it's for the betterment of um well for us not so much them and the and the, and the sport but it's just a great art i think no one yeah. really shuts themselves off no one really thinks i'm better than you so i'm not going to talk to you yeah, I I think a lot of us see that we're in a privileged place in that we can we're, we're teachers and 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 that's a cool cool job to have, man. And it's oh, and it's sure. a cool and it's it's a happy job to have, bro. I'm a very happy person, and I'm happy to like I'm happy to share my life and talking about it and talk about jujitsu with people because it's it's fun for me. If yeah. it was work, I wouldn't do it, man. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. sure. 
during your career, you tackled the absolute division a lot, um, which was always uh, different because the small guys very rarely do. Why did you, why, why do that? Risk injury, all that I sort know, of I was, stuff. I was always really good at, at wrestling and doing jiu-jitsu with bigger guys. I always did really, really well against guys larger than me. Yep. You know, in the gym, you know, um, I don't know what it was. I have a style that just worked well against bigger guys. I was, I don't know. You tell me, what was it? Why was I able to? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I wasn't strong. I wasn't strong. I don't have like big giant arms, or, like super strong legs. I don't have a six pack. I've never had abs. You know what I'm saying? Like I have yeah. a skinny ass neck. You know, I, I, uh, I mean, I can't say that it's anything besides the, 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 the only thing that comes to mind that I can say why I did is I had superior your technique yep no and that's good that's what um i was just interested to see why because yeah not many people do it and i reckon it's great that you, you gave it a crack also i was drinking <laughs> jocko protein shakes <laughs> very good um do you like to see um mikey misamichi's been entering a lot of absolute divisions you think that's pretty cool like because not a lot of people do it. I feel like you and like him, it's not, it's not very common. Yeah, it would be cool. I was thinking it would be cool if Mikey, you know, started being like the little guy that would win Gi Absolutes. I think it's, I think you see more success for the little guys in, and I could be wrong, but I, I've, I've seen more success little guys um, in the no Gi. Yeah. I feel like it's harder for a little guy to win a Gi match at the higher, uh, against a bigger guy than it is for a little guy to win a no-gi match against a bigger guy. Yes. Um, and, it, and how cool would it be if Mikey was the little guy to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah for awesome. sure. I think it's hard. He has a cool um, It's hard in gi, like, when the person grabs um, the lapel. Like, if a, if a bigger guy grabs a smaller guy, it's impossible to break that grip sometimes, whereas no-gi, you don't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. That's right. Um, yeah, you don't have that problem. No, I, I – dude, I – I definitely did better against bigger dudes, no gi personally. I always thought it was harder to fight dudes uh, with the gi than it was no gi. Yeah. I think gi's harder, dude. Honestly, I think gi's harder. You're not allowed to like, there's, it's, it's, it's harder in that there's like kind of like more rules. Like when you're not allowed to leg reap, you know what I'm saying? We're already like not allowed to punch each other in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, I got to remember that. Okay. What else do I'm not supposed to do? <laughs> Don't spit on the dude, okay? All right. Okay. And now don't leg reap, okay? Like, like not only that, it's I just I just think the gi was harder and and uh, um, no gi was a little more like rewarding and fun for me and and just I could kind of like move more and guys couldn't hold me down as much. Yeah, and you can kind of see my style and my style kind of like became a little more. My vocabulary became a lot thicker. Yeah, you know what I'm saying my combinations and connections became so crisp when I started like wrestling instead of judoing, if, if that's the way of putting it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Cool. Now we had a, um, a fan shoot us a question that they wanted us to ask you. Um, when they when we said we we're doing a podcast <laughs> and it was, do you smoke weed a lot before rolling? And if you do, do you find it makes a difference to your rolling? Um, not really. No, I don't know that it, it, it might even hurt my rolling. Yep. I don't know. I've never done some like experiment, you know, I, I, not yeah, I've done it so much, you know, it's like, it's, it's something I do, you know, before and after yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not one to be like, Oh yeah, weed, you know, smoke weed. It's going to like enhance your, your, your flow state and it's going to help you like connect your jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like that's, I'm the last person to tell you that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, like I, I'll, I'll even tell you weed has probably like held me back in many ways. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm learning, you know, about like, you know, like coping with trauma and, and stuff like that in my like private personal life and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm learning that weed might be this like, you know, crutch that I've always used to, to deal with things. And, and, and that doesn't sound good, you know? Yeah. So so while I do like, I do like think weed is, is something that's, I don't think it's like a bad thing, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Who, who knows? May, um, it could be horrible too. 
Yeah, yep. Fair, cool. enough. Fair enough outlook. Now, what's yeah. the go with this flat earth stuff? Flat earth? Yeah. It's, okay, so it's, it's, it's an endless plane. So you got to think that the earth, the earth just goes forever. Yep. You know what I'm saying? There's no like ice wall. And if there is an ice wall like that, even just keeps going forever. But the idea is that there's no like hang off. It doesn't like end. The same way that you think like space can go on forever yep. and ever and ever. I remember when I was like eight years old and, and like fighting with my mom about this. Yeah. And I was like, no, mom, there's an end. There's an end to everything. And she's like, no, space goes on forever. And I was like, no, how do you know, mom? You don't know. You're a nurse. You're a nurse. <laughs> arguing with her and just having to like be like she was like no it's been proven scientifically that it does space goes on forever da, 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 da. and i was like oh, i just have to take that one all right i get it yeah and it was hard to grasp you know i feel like it's the same thing to try to tell somebody like yo the earth goes on forever dog yeah like, there is no end it's the endless plane of existence there is no round doesn't bend over it just goes on forever and ever and ever and ever yeah. and there's no end to it you know and it's and it's very unscientific it's very like um it's very like it doesn't have you know like scientists proving stuff like this there's not like scientists going out to like prove the endless plane theory yeah you know what i'm saying but 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 for me what's significant is that all the all this stuff that i see from nasa and like spacex and all this stuff is like clearly cgi it's clearly cartoons you know what i'm saying all this stuff they've been showing us for years is clearly cartoons like here's here's one that i want to see dog okay I have this, let's just say this is an earth. I know it's all square and shit, but let's just say this is an earth, right? Yep. And I'm here in Los Angeles and I'm walking around like this and you guys are down here in Australia walking around like this, yep. right? Like da, da, da. One of us, in the perspective of how the camera's looking at us is upside down right now. Yep. Sure, if the camera was turning around like this, the perspective would be like, oh, this guy's walking upside down now. Da, da, da. I want to see NASA take one of their cameras that can turn the fuck around and zoom out to a goddamn nebula and show me <laughs> gases forming into freaking stars. And you're like, what is that? That's a purple gas. What is that? That's a green one. And there's a purple one. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's, uh, it's trying to they never give an answer about what that shit is. Those are gases. They're forming into space, nebula, stars, all this shit. I want to see them take that camera, turn it around onto earth, zoom in on Jeff Glover walking around in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Zoom into me walking into 10th planet. Yep. Boom, in LA, and then zoom out, and then zoom back in to you guys walking around upside down in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'd like to see that too now. That would be spectacular, right? Yes. I would, that would be the most amazing thing you'd ever seen. You know what I'm saying? And I would love to see that. So the fact that they haven't done that, the fact that I think the moon landings are fake as shit, and it's clearly fake as shit, and they won't do it now, and it just... It's so unprobable that it happened and just all the stuff behind it and all the little, all the little knickknack, tic-tac, conspiracy theory facts here and there. It's just so fishy, everything about it. You know what I'm saying? And, and all, my, all my red flags and radar detectors and bullshit that I've learned from martial arts are going off on that story, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The moon landing, you know that is something that's always worried me. Look, if they could do it that long ago, why haven't they done it since? Oh. Oh yeah. So, so I'm definitely, in, I'm definitely a big doubter of, yeah. of, of, of space agencies. Uh -huh. and, 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 and just because it's like, also it's like, I used to be such a big supporter. I was such a supporter. I remember I've, I've, I've fought as a, as like, I've been like an atheist my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I've always been like, Oh, you religious kooks, you freaking freaking Christians. You guys are stupid, man. Clearly <laughs> there's no God, bro. We evolved from monkeys, bro. All right, that crushes your story, guys, with our evidence and just being that dude. Yep. And I was that dude for so long. And it's like, I was like, okay, man, let me, I always hear people talk about question your own worldview. I was like, let me question my own worldview. Let me, wh wh where is that going to take me? And naturally it takes you into like creationism and, 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 you know, Christianity and like yep. Islam and Judaism and the religions of the world that I had never really like thought to even give a bit of my energy to because they were just such bullshit to me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, dude, going down that rabbit hole, bada bing, bada boom. Next thing you know, I'm watching flat earth videos going like, holy shit. <laughs> I've been wrong about my whole world. <laughs> Give me the weed back. Give me back the weed. <laughs> flat earth, man. Far out. <laughs> oh, that's good. No, I don't want to watch that Eddie Bravo video. Put the flat earth video back on. Watch all the Eddie Bravo's videos. Watch flat earth for one fucking video. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good
All right, we're nearly, uh, we're just going to find a few questions. We've got our fast four questions and then one after that. So we'll hit you with them. So favorite sub? Triangle choke. Triangle, good. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, the Blues Brothers. Yes. That's Love that favorite. movie. <laughs> Uh, gee like or it. no gee? You don't like you it. To choose. No, I love Blues Brothers. <laughs> I was going to do some Blues Brothers lines, but we're, we're moving quick here. We're moving quick. No, uh, gee or no gee? If you want. Uh, let's see. A Blues Brothers line. What's a good one, Bo? You don't like it? Oh, you don't like it? He's like, it's got cop shocks, cop brakes, got a catalytic motor, so it good runs good on gas. Good on <laughs> runs on regular gas. That's very good. <laughs> no, I don't like it. He's like, where's the Blues Mobile, man? He's like, I traded it. You traded it for this? No, I traded it for a microphone. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. You that okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So you said uh, gee or no gee, right? Gee or no gee if you had to choose one. Uh, no gee. No gee because I get to wear my fourth degree black belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Um, sub only or um, both like points sub? Or I actually really like that. Um, that tender tap. Yeah, I love that. I was talking to yeah, Cooper about that because Cooper's um, Cooper's that quick small guy that you're talking about. Like before, he's so quick and his guard <laughs> pass is ridiculous. He could rack up ten points in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's valuable. I think uh, I think the no gi gets away from the value of of positions, the value of passing guard, the value of a takedown. You know, the value of a sweep, the, the, the value of mounting somebody, like that kind of gets eliminated when you focus only on no gi. Yep. Um, and, and, and obviously, yo, dude, this, this argument, we can, you can argue both points night and day till, you know, till the sun comes up, man. Oh, for but, sure. Um, but uh, I definitely think they both deserve a little bit of love. Both, both, both styles should, should be represented in tournaments. And I think um, my, my event, the, the tenor tap rules were, where you can win by, by racking up 10 points. Um, I think it has value and a lot of guys like it and it's, and it's fun. Yeah. yeah I said to, I said to Cooper when I first saw your rule set, I said, that is cool. I'd love to do something like that in Australia. Yeah. Really good rule set. Yeah. I'd rather have that than like an EBI overtime, something like that. I'd rather have 10 or tap because then you, it, it, you're getting every opportunity to do what you need to do. There's no stalling. I will say, I will say, I think, I think, you know, tenor tap is, is uh, as cool and fun as it is to compete in. I think it's hard for the, to be a referee. Anytime a referee has to score points, it's, it's kind of, it can get like subjective, you know? Yeah. And there's always room for somebody to bitch and complain about something. Um, I think, I think the, the, the rule set that, that uh, eliminates the majority of people being able to talk shit about a decision is, is what fight to fight to win does where they have three judges that are like, you know, pretty respected like dudes in the game. You know, and at the end of the match, if nobody gets tapped, they like raise a flag who they thought won. You know, and, yeah, I, do uh, like I think I think yeah, I think that's cool because those dudes value the gear. If if you get your guard pass there and you get mounted, like those referees are watching and they see that and they take the mental note and they remember. They're like, oh well, you know, I feel like like the the mount in the back was valuable, was more valuable than the like one heel hook that dude went for. Yeah. So the guy who just went for the submission didn't necessarily get to win every time. You know. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if, the, if, if it's a dude who's just going for submissions and it's dope and he looks so cool and he went for like five submissions, but like got swept, you know what I'm saying? Be like, oh, I'm like, the submission guy made it look good, dog. You're yeah. the whole place. We're running from him. I'm going to give it to that dude. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, I would give Fight to Win a lot of credit on that. Yeah, I really enjoy watching their shows and it is good to not have it just down to one Um one person's decision. So yeah, sort of best of three setup is good. I like that. Um, last question for you, sir, is uh, tell us something that people would be surprised to know about Jeff Glover. Um, I used to ride rollerblades when I was a little kid. No, I have a Harley Davidson though. Cool. Very good. Who else did that? Someone. No, oh, drives out Robert Drysdale. What? What he about him? Ride rollerblades. The training. Really? Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Shout out to Robert. <laughs> to training. Dude, me and, dude, me and Robert did the Glover's travels. We had the funnest time doing that shit, man. I love Robert Drysdale. 
Well, there you go. You're. Uh, you're I don't know what else can I tell you. Um, I'm learning about dirt bikes. Um, can I? Am I a good boxer, Bo? I'm an alright boxer, right? If you want to hear that you're a good boxer, shout <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I don't know. I'm good at video games. I'm just kind of like sitting around and stuff. Not cool. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. Awesome. You earned that. Thank you. He's earned it. He's earned it. <laughs> <sitting around. laughs> now that's good. We really uh, we'll finish up then. We um, again, we really appreciate you giving us the time to uh, give us a bit of insight into the life of Jeff Glover and um, how you became who you were and. Um, yeah, you're an icon of the sport, so... Um, you're very um, honest in the podcast. Didn't really um, stray away from any questions, so we appreciate the honesty. Um, it was really cool. Yeah, and hopefully uh, um, next time we're in the States, which you know, once this craziness is over, we'll get to catch up with yourself and Sid and, um, yeah, have a beer and have a roll. Absolutely. Um, and also, yeah, if you're ever coming back to Australia... Um, let me know. I'll help you out with seminars and stuff to um, get them set up for you. And she'd say, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I need to get my passport. I'll come have a beer with you guys. You get yours. You come have a beer with me. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I appreciate it. It's really nice talking to you guys. Actually, man, this is one of the, the most uh, enjoyable podcasts and, and interviews I've ever done. Oh, you guys nice. asked a lot of really cool, cool questions. He didn't hit me with any like sneaky asshole questions. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> God bless you guys. Cheers. Thank you. Do you need to to put um, your sponsor back up again before we finish? Jocko supplements. (laughs) Is there no SWAT team? Wake up at four thirty in the morning. Did the SWAT team turn up at your? They're coming in. (laughs) I'll just give them some of this shit and they'll leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for that, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers. Good chat. Thank <laughs> you.